Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Aban. Aban is with ISUPK Canada. He was able to answer some questions I had, and I think he did a, a very good job of articulating the stances on some of the, at least I feel he did. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode that we get to record. And I, I'm guessing he'll say, you know, in the last episode, I said this and that. So it's a very complex uh, topic that he's discussing with us today. And of course, it's something I'm very naive to. So I'm trying to learn about it. I think it's pretty fascinating. And I really want to thank Aban for joining me today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick show, I ask that you please send me some referrals uh, for my health insurance practice. I'm a broker. I'm licensed in New York, licensing Florida, actually licensed in 12 states across the country, really anywhere in the United States. If you need health insurance, even if it's, you just need, um, you know, me to give you good advice for your health insurance situation, group health insurance, individual health insurance under the age of 65, or if you're a family member or you are Medicare eligible, that's actually probably my specialty. But I would appreciate if you sent some referrals the way of the sponsors of the show. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We are going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line where we are joined by Aban. Aban, how are you today? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing very well. I have been doing... Well, I'll tell, I'll tell a little bit of a story real quick. I identify as being a libertarian politically. And I had heard some people say that there was some racists within the Libertarian Party and things like that. So I started to look into, shit, is, you know, I'd like to at least know that, if that makes sense. So I started researching, and I got a hold of a guy named Augustus Victor, Invictus, Augustus Invictus. He ended up admitting on air 
that he had previously said he thought only white males should be allowed to own property. And, you know, I didn't argue with him or anything. I was just kind of intrigued. And so, you know, he, he didn't des- describe himself as being racist, but he had different views and it was kind of fascinating. It got me to thinking, hmm, I should try to get someone from an opposite type of stance to this, not necessarily a bond that you, uh, you know, share those types of thoughts at all. But I, I got to looking into different types of groups and Aban, admittedly, that helped me to stumble upon to uh, reaching out to to you. And I really appreciate you joining me. I sent you some questions before uh, we started recording. If it's all right, I'll kind of get started with them if that's all right with you, Aban. Sounds great. All right. First question is, what is an Israelite? Great question. So. An Israelite is anyone who descends from a man named Israel. And if you go into the Bible around Genesis, the 25th, and around the 25th, 27th chapters, you'll read about the story of, of Jacob and Esau. Now, before Israel's name was changed to Israel, his name was Jacob. And as the story goes, he wrestled an angel in his mind. We'll get into that uh, in the, in the you know, future broadcast we may have. Long story short, he had an altercation. I'll put it that way. He had an altercation with an angel. And the angel changed his name to Israel, all right, which means prince of the power. He has prevailed with God and with man, right? prince of the power, Yashar Allah in the Hebrew. And his descendants make up 12 tribes, his 12 sons, 12 tribes of Israel from Judah all the way on down to Issachar. Right? He had 12 sons. Their descendants are the owners, if you will, right, of the covenant. What I mean by that is, the Lord, as you know, in the book of Exodus, the Most High entered a contract with these people called the Israelites in the book of Exodus, you know, the five books of Moses, or the Torah, as the Jewish community calls it, to be the five books of Moses. What we found out is that the true uh, children of Israel, or the true Israelites, are today the people known as so-called blacks, so-called Latinos, and so-called Native Americans. So what is an Israelite? An Israelite is anyone who descends from a man named Israel. They're listed all throughout the Bible. The Bible is for them and by them, quite honestly, from the old and on through the New Testament. And through history, archaeology, chiefly the prophecies listed in Genesis, the 49th chapter, as well as Deuteronomy, the 33rd chapter, we know now today that the people that have been called so-called black, African-American, Latino, Native American, are the Israelites, and they are the true Jews, the biblical ethnic Jews. That's what an Israelite is. Okay, very interesting. Um, my my next question. Well, actually, before I get to my next question, Aban, uh, mm-hmm. could, yes. could, could could you introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? My next question or question number three is actually, how did you learn about or become a, a black okay. Israelite? First off, is that an accurate okay. is that an accurate statement to say you are a black Israelite? But also, if you could mix that yeah. in with introducing yourself to us and how did you learn about becoming a black Israelite, if that makes sense. And sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing around from the original uh, stated questions. I'll get back to the correct order here shortly. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So the first question you asked was how, or firstly, to introduce myself and then uh, allow me to explain how I found this knowledge. Correct. My name is Abun, priest and officer of uh, 5,000 um, in the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. We started out of uh, 1 West 125th Street, Harlem, New York. Since 1969, we've been teaching the truth about the Bible, which, which part of which is what I just listed or mentioned that so-called blacks, Latinos, and natives 
are the Israelites according to the Bible. The prophecies listed in the Bible are all happening all around us today with the war in Ukraine, excuse me, the war between Ukraine and Russia, the uh, inflation, uh, you know, Similac and other forms of uh, infant products being short on the shelves. All of these things are in the Bible. So that's who I am. I'm in charge of the school or the chapter, the ISUPK, the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge in Canada, uh, as well as Brazil. So I, I manage I manage Portuguese fairly well. I'm, I'm not definitely not fluent or conversational yet, but I uh, hold some classes in Portuguese as well for the for the individuals in Brazil who are in our organization. Among other areas as well, I can get into that, but that's a whole show in and of itself. That's who I am, essentially, as it pertains to Israelites. How did I find out this knowledge? Quite honestly, it was uh, something my parents brought to my attention uh, in around 2014. Remember, I was sitting in the car with my mother. She turned and looked at me and said that, you know, you were from the tribe of Judah. All right. And if you know anything about the word Jew, the word Jew or Jews, um, that term is just one, it really actually means one who's from the tribe of Judah. All right. The term Jew is short for Judah. And she had found this information out pretty much. Uh, in a similar fashion that you found it out, she was, as far as I know, was going around on YouTube. My parents, what have you, were going around on YouTube looking for different information, video surfing, and came across a video that mentioned that. And she began to dig deeper and found uh, that, in fact, though we are called, myself specifically, I'm called uh, African-American or black. Or that's my race as defined by the census. According to God, biblically, I would be from the tribe of Judah, as well as all so-called uh, African-Americans. When I mean also called African Americans, let me let me get on that uh, real quick. Also, you you know you ask how I found this, um, you know, and, and this is going to go into your question later on with, uh, you know, why do they call us Black Israelites, and is that an accurate term? And I, of course, said before we started, and now I'll say that's absolutely not an accurate term because even if you look at um, uh, race and ethnicity within the United States, there are a lot of people who are African-American, so-called African-American, that if you would look at them, they would appear as a white person, for example. I'm using that, that term, you know, so-called, all right? So-called European or white person. Or if you look at many Latinos, many Latinos um, descend from Spaniards. And so what I'll, I'll go off on a tangent here in a second. When we say also, when I say so, also called blacks, Latinos, and Native Americans, who is an Israelite, I'm talking about those people that are descended from Jacob or descended from so-called blacks, Latinos, and natives on their father's side, Kelly, on their father's side. So let's take um, Jesse Smollett, for example. I'm going off on a tangent. Bear with me for a second. Jesse Smollett, for example. Jesse Smollett, by your account and by other people's accounts, or your account most likely, I don't want to speak for you, your account most likely, and by other people's accounts, he would be black or African-American. That would be true according to America's context, America's definition of race, which is largely based on how you look. According to the Bible, that's not true. And so I'll meld this with the third, the second or third question you have with black Israelites. Absolutely false because, you know, if we're looking at race according to America, yeah, that's true. But to us, we take that as an insult because if you would just peer into our organization, for example, Kelly, the ISUPK, there are quite a few members who appear as Europeans and you would think to yourself, what, what, this, why they have these people in this black organization? Well, that's why we'd say that there's no such thing as a black Israelite and Israelite is anyone who descends from those people on their father's line. So though they may appear to be a different race, according to the racial definitions largely that were listed by uh, Johann Friedman Blumenbach and others in the 1700s, 
their fathers were black or their fathers are so-called black. Their fathers are Puerto Rican or their fathers are Latino. Their fathers are native. All right. And because of that, they are an Israelite. So uh, anyone who is not descended from those people on their father's side would not be an Israelite. I did the research, found out that on my father's side, descend from uh, so-called uh, black slaves, as far as I know, down south. That make me from the tribe of Judah. So that's how I found out. I was an Israelite, quite honestly, it's for my parents. I decided to take it uh, um, very, very, very extremely seriously. I joined this organization known as IICBK and teach these things to many people around the world. That's how I figured it out. That's how I found uh, uh, this information. And I think I just, you know, delved into uh, the, the other questions you have. But you can, I think you, you should still ask it because it would be, you know, good to have more discussion. I love it. Um, actually, you... You mentioned, and if I ever mention something to you that you prefer not to talk about, no hard feelings. You mentioned Jesse okay. Smol- Jesse Smollett, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an example everyone knows because he was on the news. For, just a random black guy. Know, is that, yeah. You just mentioned a random black guy. That makes sense. Do you yeah. have thoughts on yeah, that yeah, guy? Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that case? Um, that, the case has been it, it. When I was looking at taking a hard look at the case, it was I think it was like a year at least. A year and a half, two years ago, right? It's been a few years. So, um, I mean, I don't think you should lie and say that you were attacked, right? Just to play on the, um, just to play on the injustices and the real brutality that that so-called black people have uh, have gone through. You get my point? Like, like I sure. think that was. Uh, um, yeah. some, so you, you think yeah, he definitely think faked it? Oh uh, well, it, I wasn't there. It looks like he probably did. Okay. It looks like it. And if he did, then that would be wrong. In his part. Fair. But, very, but very I was, fair. I was speaking, yeah. I was, I was speaking, I was speaking about him from the context of his lineage, just to get at your uh, point that you made about black Israelites. Okay. Well, that's kind of a low hanging fruit because we're ta- discussing race and you know, that's what a, what are, um, I don't think there's many people out there that really think he did a good thing if you know, so I don't, I don't even know how controversial that, that topic is, but I thought I would ask, yeah. uh, very interesting. Okay. Do you live in Canada? Uh, no. So I lived in New York city for a year. I'm down in the <clears throat> Philadelphia area, tri-state area right now. I travel to Canada. I travel to Toronto. I've been to uh, Montreal a few times and I hold classes and, and held uh, what are called street speaking. So we read from the Bible and, and teach, teach about it on the street. Okay. Um, all right. So let me back up. Um, my question number two that I had sent to you is why do some people call it a black Israelite? And I think you may have covered that to a degree, but why do some people call it the black Israelite? You did cover it. Okay. Um, all right. Number four. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, um, let me, let me, uh, answer the question of why they call it that. I explained to you briefly about why we would perceive it as, you know, a slight or an offense. Um, because there are, you know, when you look at the 12 tribes chart, it includes blacks, Latinos, and natives. Many of those tribes that are listed are, um, so-called Latino tribes. What I mean by that is today they are located in South and Central America. And of course, I believe, I, you know, I was listening to the podcast. I don't mean to peer into your, you know, per, your personal life, but I've heard That's you okay. say that your wife is Cuban. Correct. Yeah. My wife is Cuban. Yes. Right. Many people in Cuba and in Dominican Republic, one, they don't identify as black and two, Many of them want nothing to do with so-called black people here in America. And that's just not them, but, you know, West Indians as well and Haitians as well. It's partly because of the, what they're told uh, uh, when they immigrate here. Uh, I've heard stories where, you know, West Indians are explicitly told to not deal with 
the blacks here in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't want anything to do with that. So when you put that part of the reason that I believe people are putting that label on, uh, this, this, uh, these organizations or this organization, Israelites is to in part separate us from the people who biblically would be our brothers, which would be most of the so-called Latinos as well as the native the native Americans, the native Americans as well, largely don't identify as black. Um, you know, the ones, the native Americans that are on the reservations, but there are many people that, that are native American, you know, walking around in cities, what in cities, what have you suburbs, etc. But, uh, I believe they had that label to us, one, to separate us in reality from other, of, from the other tribes, right? The other groups. So I mentioned black, Latino, and native. That's the first part. The second part um, <clears throat> is to give credence and respect always to the so-called uh, white Jew or the white Israelites, right? Because if you're saying black Israelites, right, like there are black people and there are white people in America, if you're saying there are black Israelites, then there would be, have to be white Israelites which are the real Israelites, black Israelites would, this is just the peanut, this is the peanut gallery. All right. This is, this is the black section of the, gotcha. of the synagogue, basically, which is what they would be saying. Like the black section of the church, the, the, you know, black, this and black that they had that label to really anything that we do. Almost a pejorative, and a pejorative. It is pejorative. And that term black has many meanings. One, it's partly talking about skin color. There are a few people on this earth that are actually black, you know, Sharpie markers are black or, you know, different shades of Brown, <clears throat> but that may, the label, that term black is pejorative, as you mentioned in, in some, you know, in, in Latin, it was a slur. All right. From Latin, they went on, you know, to the, you know, to the N word, you know what that is, which is a racial slur here in the United States. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a pejorative that they add on because this isn't just Israelites. These are the black ones, you know? And so they don't, so they're black. When you look up the definition of the word black, it's lowly, it's dirty, it's in a poor state, a poor condition, which is true we are in, but part of uh, becoming an Israelite and understanding prophecies and the things listed in the Bible is that the Lord, the one you call God, is going to bring up these people who are a black people, if you will, low, a impoverished people right now. He's going to bring them up out of the dirt and he's going to raise them uh, to rule the planet Earth, which is what the, uh, the kingdom of heaven is rulership on earth hmm okay you you keep mentioning interesting little topics and actually uh, i'll double check are you okay on time i don't want to take up too much of your time you're okay right we've discussed about doing today's episode and then hopefully even again in the future but are you okay on time right now yeah i'm great i'm great okay you mentioned the topic of for example maybe cubans and african-americans not getting along despite many cubans um you know, being like my wife is right about, I think, 24% African. Um, it's a very interesting topic, and it really is. And you said also West yeah. in- West Indies, is that what you said? West Indians are the people from the Caribbean islands. Okay. Um, but it's an yeah, interesting topic to me. My wife does have African-American friends, so I'm not talking specifically about her. But, you know, I have noticed okay. some, you know, something to what you're saying. Also, from, you know, even straight from Africa sometimes. I, I, I go to a – I just got – home from a boxing class and there's we have some african-american guys in there that have told me that they'd have neighbors that are are straight from africa and they the um wouldn't they wouldn't be so friendly to the african-americans like almost like they wanted to make sure not to be around them kind of i don't know where i'm going with that just an interesting topic that's true yeah that's true because we're not we're not the same people african-americans here so-called african-americans here are from a totally different race than africans in africa 
Uh, we get that, you know, again, that's a whole, that's a whole, uh, that's a whole show in and of itself. But, uh, when you get into the transatlantic slave trade, which, uh, I guess, I guess they want to get rid of with, uh, I don't know, this whole, this whole mess about critical race theory and calling, uh, slaves, immigrants, etc. Um, I'm not sure if they want to get rid of that or, or, or what they're going to do with that. I heard they were saying that they're going to call uh, so-called black slaves that are brought here immigrants. Anyway, it's a whole other show. Um, the so-called Africans in Africa sold us to you know, so-called European slavers, or slave masters in the Caribbean, the Caribbean islands, Brazil, and America. So yeah, they don't they don't see see us as the same because we're not the same. So yeah, that's that's very accurate and very interesting that they that they notice that because we we've you know been told this lie that we all come from Africa and. You know, we should love Africa and live and act like Africans when it's, it's, I mean, it's the ideology has done nothing for us and they've done nothing for us. You know, the United States military, I don't know what branch, they, they have a motto, no man left behind, right? The United States military doesn't leave their own behind because they're Americans. The Africans, they, 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 they've left, they've left us behind because we're not, we're not the same people. We don't have the same nationality. You understand? Wow, a lot, a lot of different interesting or, or fascinating um, directions this can go. But I'll continue with my questions. The last one I had listed here was, what are some common misconceptions about Israelites? Um, so the organization that I'm in, ISUPK, Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge, we, we have the moniker that we're the home of the truth. And we say that because this is the original Israelite group in, in terms of first Israelite group to do many of the things that I guess you saw online, right? Speaking on the streets or wearing uh, uh, garments, not t-shirts with fringes, but wearing garments with fringes, uh, saying certain things that they say, breaking down precepts in the Bible in the street. We were the, we were the first to do that. Um, one of the issues or one of the misconceptions that they have with the organization that I'm a part of, because I said we you know, know is the home of the truth, is uh, they, the, the SPLC, the Southern Property Law Center, has labeled us a hate group, um, which obviously isn't, isn't, isn't the case, right? Um, though we say things that are, you know, can be taken as very, very harsh, many of the things, some of the things we say aren't quote-unquote politically correct, we're citing a primary source when we're making our statements, and that primary source is the Bible. And that primary source, which is the Bible, is not, in fact, bigoted. Like, we're not saying, like, one of the things that we say is the, you know, the oppressor, the slave master, so-called European is the devil. When we say that, I'm not, we're not talking about a specific individual, you know, this one European guy in this one city. We're talking about the man. You, get, you see the difference? You're talking about the man, the, the nation of them. Okay. As a collective, okay. they have been, you know, deceitful. The word devil means deceiver. So we're saying that, we're saying that they have been deceitful. They, you know, they have, uh, uh, what is that, Adam and Eve? touching God's hand in the Sistine Chapel, when you go peer into the Bible, you see that none of those depictions of, uh, of God or of Christ are in fact true. The Catholic Church has paid billions and billions of dollars to keep these structures up for these images of you know, many, many important people in the Bible that are not at all accurate according to the Bible. You get my point? So when we say things like that, people interpret that as we hate you know, white people, per se. We don't, I don't have any personal issues with any white man, so-called, you get my point, but it's, you know, what the Bible says and what it's what the Lord, the most high said about Esau. And I've now, um, this is a whole nother show again, 
the so-called white people, Europeans, uh, descend from Esau. All right, a man named Esau in the Bible. His name was, excuse me, his uh, uh, Edom also is, is what he's called, right, which means red or wasted away as he. So we say things like that. Of course, uh, which uh, another point which would be topical, I'm assuming, for your show is we make a lot of statements about the LGBTQ community. And of course, you know, Kelly, anything you say about the LGBTQ community that they don't agree with, you know, they're going to shut you down. They're going to label you as <laughs> damn near a domestic terrorist organization. You know, and, you know, that's a whole other show in and of itself. We say things, we speak against that lifestyle. I'm just going to be honest. We speak against that lifestyle. We speak against the lifestyle of, of drug use, lifestyle of alcoholism, lifestyle of weed smoking, things that many people hold near and dear to themselves today. And because of that, uh, we're labeled a hate group. We've committed no terrorist acts. You're not going to find you know, ICBK on a, in, in any mass shooting. There was one in Buffalo uh, last week with the uh, shooter being an accused shooter, rather, being a, uh, a, a so-called you know, white supremacist accused of being a white supremacist, allegedly had a manifesto, etc. You're not going to find us doing things like that. You're not going to find us selling drugs. You're not going to find us committing murder or acts, other acts of, of, of crime. We teach people to leave a life of crime and change their lives. So in, in doing that and rehabilitating, really the people that you can't rehabilitate, right? Because there's close to 2 million, if not 2 million, of us in prison. By us, I mean so-called black people in prison. That's making a lot of people a lot of money. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. You know, one homicide costs upwards of several hundred thousand dollars when you get to detective work, when you get to, you know, finding leads, when you get the prosecution, trials, etc. It's making a lot of these, crime is making a lot of people a lot of, a lot of money. Crime pays here in America. And so when you tell those people to stop doing that, that is going to hurt a lot of people's pockets. And so that's one of the, that's the main misconception I wanted to touch on. Because we teach, because what we teach rehabilitates people and tells, gets them off of, a, off of drugs, they have mental issues, it gets them straight with their medication, etc. Because we do those things to the people you can't do that for, we're, we're labeled as a, as, a, um, as a hate group, which is, in my opinion, is totally false. Do we have things that people don't agree with? Sure. But that's, that's, that's any prophet. <laughs> you know, they didn't kill Christ because they loved him, Right. Everybody says they love Christ. They didn't kill him because they liked him. They hated him. And they hate us also for the exact same reason. So that's a misconception that I wanted to touch on. Um, like I said earlier, if I ask anything that you'd prefer not to talk about or anything, by all means, no problem. What about the Covington Catholic uh, situation? Do you know anything about the black Israelites involved in that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so they're not affiliated with my group. Also, what I should have said was um, the ICBK is not a, we're not affiliated with any other Israelite group. Hmm. So when you mentioned Israelites, I'm speaking from the standpoint of my organization because I, I say, you know, we don't commit crime. We don't sell drugs. We don't, uh, we, we, excuse me, we rehabilitate people. I don't know what they do. I'm not saying that they do that at all. But I'm speaking from the standpoint of the organization that I'm in. Right? You understand because I'd be, I'd be ill-equipped to speak about anyone else. So, as I am ill-equipped to speak about anyone else because I'm not in their organizations, um, I, would, I would say um, they are not affiliated with us. Um, they were men that were upset at oppression and they were speaking out against it. Now, in terms of what was actually said, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. They weren't, they weren't associated or affiliated with us. If I was there, I would have uh, 
use more a bit more professional verbiage uh, than they used. All right. One of the reasons that we say we're the home of the truth is because of our militancy. We have many rules, um, such as being professional, right? Using profanity, you know, you have whatever work you do, you know, using profanity generally isn't, uh, it generally isn't professional or making personal attacks against people generally isn't professional. All right. So that's, that's pretty much what I have to say on, on the, the Covington situation, but I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Is that one of the, how many different, and was I completely off by even grouping you guys together? In my opinion, yes. Okay. Yes. Because, fair, fair. um, yeah, they pretty much all the organizations you're going to come across really on YouTube, um, their teachers, teacher, whatever, uh, you can trace back to, to our organization. All right. But they had left for whatever reason. So no, we're not, we're not, um, not all the same in that sense. So I'm speaking from the standpoint of, of my organization. All right. Okay. Um, I had discussed, or I had a, a gentleman on a, a couple months ago named Wilford Riley. He's a very light-skinned but an African-American professor at a historically black college here in Kentucky. It's called Kentucky okay. State. And mm-hmm. I had an uh, enjoyable uh, interview or episode with him. One of the things he was kind of famous, I don't know about famous, but one of the things he had done in the past was he debated a guy named Jared Taylor. Jared Taylor is one of the figures within, I guess, the alt-right within the United States. And he, Jared Taylor is, I don't even think he describes himself as a white nationalist, but he's, most people would call him a white nationalist. I think he calls himself a, a race realist. And in this debate between Wilfred Riley and Jared Taylor in, you know, Georgetown, Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Frankfort, Kentucky, um, Jared Taylor was arguing. It didn't sound like he was saying that he hated any, uh, you know, ethnicity or any race or anything like that, but he was advocating for just keep, (laughs) it does sound wild, but keeping everyone separate, you know. kind of doing your own thing, like a white nationalist type of uh, angle, obviously. Um, And and it was pretty fascinating to me. Do do you believe, so Wilfred Riley, who was on with me, he was saying, you know, on the podcast with me, he said he's engaged to be married to a white woman. He is, I think his mother's white, has an African-American father. Uh, So he likes diversity. But Jared Taylor, the guy he debated with, was simply anti-diversity. I don't know that it meant that he hated anyone or whatever, but an interesting topic. Do you have thoughts on that type of debate, and where would you fall on that type of uh, conversation or spectrum? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I would be on the side of the Bible, obviously, always. And in the Bible, uh, the Lord said in Deuteronomy 7 and 7 six that we are a holy people all right the word holy we being the israelites and the word holy means separate you can go look this up look it up in the zondervan's uh bible dictionary zondervan's pictorial bible dictionary that's one of the most uh misused words uh, in history word holy it you know some people think it means thinks it means you know you're happy and on cloud nine some people think it means you wear a, a, a white and red robe and you're endorsed by the Catholic church. But the word holy, in fact, all it means is separate. The most I said that the Israelites are a separate people. 
all right? Excuse me, a holy people unto himself, special people, all right? So in terms of segregation or separation, not only is that really, uh, not only is that correct, but that's what God wanted. That's what God prescribed. According to the Bible, you go into uh, the Bible, go into the Old Testament. The Israelites were with the Israelites. The Moabites were with the Moabites. We can get into the biblical names. For example, the Moabites, Moab is the biblical name of the Chinese. Ammon is the biblical name of, of the Japanese, the so-called Asians. Most of them descend from two men, Moab and Ammon. The Philistines were constantly battling with the Israelites. The Philistines and the Israelites were separate. In Deuteronomy 7 and 3, or in around the 7th chapter, uh, God of the Most High said, you shall not make marriages with the other nations, with other people. So, I mean, if you brought me in on a debate with Wilfred, I'd have to disagree with Wilfred on the standpoint of diversity, right? Biblically, just what the Most High wants. The Most High wants each nation with and amongst its own people. Now, where I would differ with, you know, the alt-right and those, those folks is um, uh, I'm basing it on a primary source. I don't, I don't know what they're, you know, they're basing it on white superiority and white supremacy, which according to the Bible um, will only stand for a time. You know, the European system of things is, is, is falling, clearly as you can see. Um, so it's only standing for a period of time. But anyway, um, that separation is based on, of course, the most high, what the Lord said. And really, if, if, let's, let's, let's take the Bible out of the picture. Uh, for looking at preservation and survival, really, it's the only thing that, it's, excuse me, it's a thing that so-called black people and Latinos and natives need. When you look at the post-Martin Luther King era for so-called black people, Kelly, it's been a bloodbath. It's been a nightmare. Okay, I think they started taking homicide statistics in around the 60s or 70s. But you look at pictures of so-called black people during the Great Depression, and then look at pictures of so-called whites or Europeans during the Great Depression. It's literally night and day. There were a lot of things about us that were better in reality during the time of Jim Crow. And this is a very controversial, one of the very controversial stances that we take. When you look at places like Rosewood or places like Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, all of those thriving black communities were developed during time segregation, right? Post-segregation, it's, it's terrible. Literacy rates are, are down. I mean, they were, they were low before, but they're about the same rate as they were in the 60s, right? The black household has all but been, I mean, evaporated in the most part, for the most part. 60 or some odd years ago, Black marriages were on par, or, or the black family structure was on par with any other family structure in America. What do I mean by that? Mother and father may not have been legally married, but they were together, and they understood they had children, and they understood that they had to stay together. Nowadays, I mean, this, is, this just isn't with, you know, so-called black relationships. It's really across the board. Nowadays, people are, you know, especially our people are just getting together just for pleasure. You get my point? Like, like in integrating, we've become like, everyone else. And here's the thing. It works for everyone else. It doesn't work for us because we are the Israelites. We're held to the covenant. And when we break that, we are punished. Do black people use more drugs than white people? No, they don't. In fact, if you look at studies, the drug use rate is about the same. I mean, you can look at the opioid epidemic. I'm not laughing about that. That's taken, you know, taken a lot of people before their time. You look at the opioid epidemic. A lot of these people that are dying of, of, Opiates are so-called are so Europeans. Now, we're uh, uh, um, 
being destroyed by it as well. Don't get me wrong. But the drug, like one group isn't using exponentially more than the other, but we are going to prison for it in large rates. We're, we have the stigma uh, of being, you know, drug addicts and being loose sexually and, and not having uh, morals, et cetera, because we've taken on these cultures and customs. So to answer your question, biblically, we should be separate. When you look at Israelites in Egypt, we were separate. We were living in our own land, in our own area of Egypt called uh, the land of Goshen. When we left, we lived, uh, we lived in Israel. That's another problem a lot of people have. Like the Jewish man is absolutely separate. The Jewish man, so-called Jewish man, because they're not the real Jews. The Jewish man absolutely believes in segregation and he's not called on it. The Chinese go try to <laughs> go to Chinatown USA and try and get a job somewhere. You'd be hard pressed to the Chinese hire their own. Jewish deal with and hire and rent from largely their own. Uh, like everyone else can be segregated except for us. So that, that's the stance I would take, uh, Kelly, to answer your question. And to the individual, you know, the professor, um, again, I have no personal issues with him, but he, he would be wrong biblically to do that. And he would be wrong historically, right? Because America is the melting pot, but we are the, we are the, 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 the substance that's burning at the bottom. Yeah. So just to wrap up on, um, segregation, you know, in terms of, you know, so-called black and so-called black men marrying out, marrying other races. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it just hasn't worked. This whole system of integration, <clears throat> when you look at the statistics, crime statistics, etc., it just hasn't worked. All right. And what did work for a time, you can look at the certain, you know, the neighborhoods that I listed, um, was, was us being, being separate, legal separation. All right. And as I stated before, that's, you know, prescribed, that's really what is prescribed in the Bible. Now, can we do business? We can do business with anyone on the planet. That's not a, that's not unlawful or, or not a sin according, sin according to the Bible, but in terms of who we deal with, it should be our own and our marriages. Um, in, you know, as much as possible doing business, etc. You understand like, like taking a woman from another race, for example, is that it's, it's disrespectful to your fathers and grandfathers who went through, I mean, pure agony at the, at the hand of the people that, you know, you're going to go marry the daughter of the people that you're going to go marry. And what many people don't uh, consider in these unions is that, you know, there's a, in, for example, with black men, there's a black woman who now doesn't have a mate. It's a black woman now who is still single, a black woman now who is without a potential husband when we're doing those things. So we have to look at these things outside of what America prescribes. We have to look at, we have to look at, so we're to use, to look at really doing the right thing by our own. All right. Okay. That's the wrap up that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And if it's all right, I, I, I may even continue. I'm reading a book right now by Thomas Sowell. It's called Black, okay. Black Rednecks and White Liberals is the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm just on the second chapter. But the first chapter, I think it's like a combination of essays that he, he, he has written. So I, I read the first chapter, which is titled Black Rednecks and White Liberals. And what they're 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 doing is um or he does is he compares a lot of really the scottish and irish that moved to the united states however many years ago uh their actions so they're the rednecks their mannerisms their lifestyle um is in effect what ended up uh influencing a lot of the people that came over from africa and ended up being slaves down in that part of the country and so he makes some fascinating points but one of the things he talks about is 
that I think it was, what was it, in the 50s and, and 40s and 50s um, that the black, the African-American uh, communities were almost like, I don't want to say completely self-sufficient, um, but that they had, you know, the, the nuclear family structure was more prevalent. And so fathers would be involved in the household. Um, they would have their own, you know, a business on the corner within their black neighborhood. The black people would, would buy from them. And, and you know, it, it was uh, in a lot of ways, I think is consistent, Aban, with, with what you said about the Jim Crow era being actually better for black people in the United States. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. I mean, I have to pick up the book and read it <clears throat> to really get it, get the gist of what he's saying, but yeah, it was, it was better for us on many levels. Yeah. But it was also rough. I'm not going to say it wasn't difficult. Life here is difficult. This is, you know, we, we were enslaved here. So to say it was the kingdom of heaven, no, but it, it's, it's, uh, certainly better than, than what we have now. They've done studies in many different areas, one of which being um, so-called black students do uh, perform better when they are being taught by so-called black teachers, etc. So would have would have forced us to, as, as he stated, he stated well, force us to, to be self-sufficient. So yeah, I agree with that, that aspect, you know, part of the book that he, that he had uh, written. Would you describe your self as being more liberal or so maybe more to the left or more to the right because really what you're describing sounds more conservative i think right yeah well i'm not gonna say yeah of course i'm not gonna say i'm i'm not a part of a political party i don't have um i don't study politics much or geopolitics or what have you foreign policy much um but i would say that the lord is the Lord, the most high is more conservative, right? If we're looking at, you know, the house, family structure, women being and dressing modestly, uh, eschewing or getting or avoiding crime, evil, et cetera, then that's what the most high, that's what the most high would be a conservative in that sense. But he's not Republican. I don't want, <laughs> this is going to get, it's going to get put on Spotify or whatever, what have you. So I don't want, you know, people to say that misconstrued and say that I'm saying that he's, he's red. He's not, he's not red or blue. All right, because you know, both sides have ideologies and ideas that would be against would be against the Bible. So to answer your question, which is a political question, I would say that um, most of the stance of the Bible would be more conservative than liberal. If you're considering, for example, uh, what people do with their bodies, uh, the Most High would be against abortion, just you know, recreationally, which is what what I think you know most people are fighting for have abortion recreationally. Um, or because, you know, the, the mother doesn't have the, the, money, the money or the means to take care of the children. Where I would differ, you know, let's, 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 let's go down that rabbit hole, Kelly, abortion. Because uh, it's, it's come up with the, you know, the Roe Ro v. Wade leaks from Supreme Court or what have you. You know, the conservatives say, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't commit abortion. Abortion is wrong. We should ban it. Outlaw it. That's great. What I think, you know, I don't know what I think. What I know we must, it has to be gone into more is instead of just saying, okay, no abortion or okay, we'll have abortion. Why not fight for the lives of the women who are committing these abortions? Why not fight to make their environment an environment where they would want to have a baby? Like, I don't know about you, Kelly, but 
when women are, find out they're pregnant, it should be a happy time. It should be a joy, a joyful time. It should be a time, you know, that they go tell their family. The family's happy and proud of them, you know, as a woman, and proud of you as a, as a father and as a man. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh my God, what are we going to do? We have to vacuum this child out of you. That's a terrible, terrible environment that they, that, that woman has grown up in and a terrible, terrible life that, that she's living. Now, abortion is a patch on that terrible, terrible life. You know, abortion is a patch on that horrible environment. What people at both sides should be doing, if I were running the country, which I'm not, but what both sides should be doing, they should be fighting <laughs> to make an environment where a woman in reality doesn't want to have an abortion. A reality where she knows the child is taken care of. A reality where she knows that the man that she laid down with is going to stay with her and not kick her and throw her to the curb. All right. So, um, you know, back to your question, the most high would be more conservative in many aspects, but to go a step deeper than, than the conservatives, instead of just outlawing the damn thing, cause that's not, that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna solve the real problem. The real problem is there are poor and destitute women who feel that they have no other options than to commit abortion. And then and let me, let me uh, throw this out there as well. This is a well-kept secret. Many women are traumatized by those acts. Like I know my, you know, my, my, someone in my family mentioned, uh, you know, was interacting with a woman that, you know, they knew it was a friend and that friend kept saying such and such would be 15 right now. Such and such would be, you know, nine or whatever, 15 or 20 right now. They remembered the exact day that the abortion happened or the day that they were due, what have you nine to 15 years after. Is that unique to her? No, many women think that. And many, many people don't want to just talk about the nuts and the bolts of the thing. You know, I can go on with many other topics as well. But on the most side, I would be more conservative. But deeper than that, he is interested in making a world where we Israelites can live in peace and not in fear of, of everything, in fear of the police, in fear of, you know, in fear of getting pregnant, which is a natural byproduct of sex, etc. Okay, very fascinating. So your job, basically, is to be familiar with the, all these stances and, and to be able to articulate yes. them, I think, right? Yes, I'm a, I'm a priest. So part of my job would be to administer over the services uh, of God. Uh, the Catholic Church has, has, and, and their daughter, the Christian Church, has taken really what started with the priesthood that I'm a part of, which, was, which is rooted in the Bible, and has made it their own, but pretty much with, with pretty much overseeing, you know, the high holy days is we have, there's high holy days in the Bible that we celebrate. Much of America does not. There are holidays in the Bible that God has prescribed that we celebrate that I would, would, would uh, preside over. I would teach about that, that holiday, what have you in the Bible, bring out the definitions articulated, as you said, uh, also understanding the Bible and prophecies and being able to articulate that. So I have stance, you know, stances in the Ukraine war, really any, big event that happens, I'm expected to be a spokesman for God, for the most high on those matters and to teach, you know, uh, my people about these things. I love it. Well, we had talked about previously maybe doing, you know, a, a series of episodes or maybe I, I turn into yeah. where every once in a while I have you on, um, and we kind of catch up on these types of topics, which I think sounds like a great idea. Um, but 
since you mentioned it, I think I heard you mention it twice. What are your thoughts on what's going on between Russia and Ukraine? And I mean, what did we just send $40 billion to Ukraine? Do you have any thoughts on that entire ordeal? Great questions. So the war between Ukraine and Russia is the start of the climax of world war three. You ask me, um, world war three or what will become world war three, which is the fight. Here's how it's going to play out. All nations or, or many large nations are going to gather around in the middle East. You've heard of a place called Armageddon. Armageddon is essentially the middle East, that region, which, you know, uh, it's not crazy. It's not conspiracy theory. I mean, people they are literally fighting over it right now. They're about to <clears throat> fight over <it> more. <clears throat> that region is going to be the theater, the main theater of the third world war, but there'll be wars and fights breaking out all across the world. This skirmish between uh, Ukraine and Russia, Putin called it a special military operation, but whatever this is, it is the beginning of the climax of the third world's war. Um, it had to happen for many reasons, many historical reasons, right? We obviously know about the USSR. During the time of the USSR, uh, Ukraine uh, was a part of the USSR. NATO is constantly pushing east, constantly pushing east, constantly pushing east. Uh, the symbol for Russia is is the bear. There has been the bear historically. And uh, when you back a bear, especially a bear into a corner, you back any animal into a corner, they're going to, they're going to bite. Russia's, Russia's beginning to bite. Okay, and they wanted to go in, and he said he wanted to take those of the Eastern, Luhansk and Donbass, wanted to take those two regions, but he went far, far westward into, into Kiev, and I think they, they bombed Lviv as well. So you're asking me what my thoughts on it are. It's the beginning of the climax of the Third World's War. Um, this, this fighting is not going to stop. Who will they invade next? <laughs> I don't know, but I imagine at this point, the cat's out of the bag, and they're, they're going to have to uh, continue to invade these countries are going to try to gleam onto or glom onto NATO here in the end, um, because with all these sanctions now, I mean, what else are they going to what else are they going to be able to do? You know, so that's my take on the on the Russia and Ukraine war with the forty billion dollars now. <clears throat> um, that's a lot of money, and uh, I think it's it's good that America supports its allies, but at the same time, if you're asking me. You know, what they're not talking about is a lot of this money that they're giving out, Kelly, is, is called aid, AID. And uh, aid is great. It helps developing nations and impoverished countries eat. What they don't tell you is that that aid has to be, be paid back. <laughs> so, so Ukraine, I think they went to WHO, World, no, no, WHO, WBO, the World, no, W, the World Bank. I don't know what the acronym is, the World Bank. I believe they went to the World Bank and asked for a pretty hefty loan on the order of 1.4 billion or a couple hundred million. You can go check that out. But they, they've got to pay 10, 10% interest, 14% interest on one of those on the aid packages that they've received or the, the loan, what have you, that they've received from the World Bank. So it's great that they're loaning them all this money, but they're not saying is that they have to give it back. All right, America signed the, the Lend-Lease Act, all right, which they last enacted in World War II where they were lending had a bunch of weapons that according to that act, you can go double check it. But according to that act, that, that money or those weapons, not the weapons, but the money has to be given back. So it's great, but they're essentially enslaving uh, the Ukraine financially. Ukraine isn't, they're not going to be able to pay all that money back. The half of the country's blown up. So uh, America, a lot of people are making a lot of money on this as they always do in war. You know, you know that uh, as well. So with the 40 billion, a lot of money is changing hands. Um, it's, it's, 
in all likelihood, the reason, part of the reason for uh, the recent inflation, it just passed the buck to the uh, to consumers basically. So now your milk is higher. Gas is <laughs> like six bucks in California. There's no justifiable reason for that outside of we just want to raise the money to to get funding for for this war, right? Because we don't we don't get oil from Ukraine last I checked or Russia. <clears throat> now. It sounds kind of like you're saying you think the expansion of NATO right up to Russia's border kind of was poking, as you said, the bear. And that's kind of why Russia is responding. Is that, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I would say that's part of it. I mean, the man, Putin had said it. And he doesn't want NATO in their backyard. We did the, America did the same thing during the, uh, similar thing, at least, and around the Cuban Missile Crisis, they went on, I wasn't around during that time, but they went on high alert, right? When Russia was performing certain activities in Cuba. So to say that um, he just attacked out of nowhere, I don't, I don't know if, that, if that's telling the full picture, full story. I'm not saying who's right or wrong. War is terrible. Um, if we're looking at it from a, you know, this led to this, which led to this. Yeah, part of it would be the, part of it would be the NATO expansion. I think they cut, they cut electricity to, one of the Scandinavian countries recently and Turkey's trying to block their bid. So yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't, want, they don't want NATO in their backyard for both it makes sense. Finland and Sweden. It looks like they're trying to, to join NATO and Turkey isn't, you know, is, is trying to, like you said, block their bid. So you think this really is all leading up to world war three and this is not good for the next say 10 years or so. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the next 10 years could hold Kelly. Um, it's not going to be good not going to be pretty. Um, yeah, that's what this is leading to. Uh, the third world's war, 10 years, who knows? But I mean, if you just go back in time, the twenties and uh, at the end of the twenties was the end of the, the first world war end of the twenties, end of the tens, right. Going on to the twenties rather was the end of the first world war. And then right after, pretty much right after that, a few years, maybe 10 years, you had, uh, 10 years or so rather you had Hitler, come to power and then world war two. So all these events are happening very, very, very rapidly. And it's looking like it's leading to the same thing, but Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein's statement about the world and all wars. Was that made after world war one or world war two? Do you remember? Um, let's see here. Albert Einstein statement to end all wars. I don't know with what weapons World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. And he said that. Let's see. Okay, I might be misquoting him. No, but, uh, no long well, story in, in effect, that's pretty much what you said. Yeah, uh, but I'm trying to see what the date was. I'll find it. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Okay. A- anyway, anyway, while you find that, um, World War Three is in fact the war which will end all wars. And after this, the nations will learn war no more. So all those tanks, missile silos will be turned into grain silos. Tanks will be converted to tractors, etc. Because in the midst of the Third World's War, um, we know this, of course, through the Bible, the one the world calls Jesus Christ, uh, he will return. He will return with 200 million angels in the book of Revelation. And no one on the earth has been able to break down the book of Revelation except for our organization. One of the things we found is that Christ will return with 200 million angels to exact the most high, our God's vengeance on the nations for the acts that they've committed. 
which are great and terrible in number. Great in number and terrible. After that, um, there will be no more Ukraine, Russia, China, Japan, United States. It will be it will be Christ's kingdom ruled by the 12 tribes of Israel. So so-called black people, Latinos, and natives are going to rule the earth very, very soon. That's according to the Bible. Under the 144,000, I'm not sure how religious you are, but 144,000 are the, the Israelites that will rule, Israelite men that will rule of the planet earth when he returns under his authority. So yes, it's going to be very, very bad, but this is, this is it. There's no more, no more world wars, fighting conflict, mass starvation, polluted water, women running around, believing they can do what they want with their bodies and other ills and murder, other ills and issues in society will all be gone. We'll take a lot of destruction on his hand by his hand to, to, to do that. The the speech was delivered on December 10th of 1945, so at the end of World War II. So that was Albert Einstein. Um, yeah, he, he was saying he was calling that World War III would be so bad that World War IV would be fought with sticks and stones. Pretty consistent with what you're saying. Very fascinating stuff. Yeah. Aban, I really appreciate you joining me. Before we wrap things up, you tell me, is there any plugs or anything you'd like to, to touch on before we do wrap things up or any, you know, I mean, we can mention, of course, your, your Twitter account, but what, what would you like to get in before we do wrap things up, Aban? Yes, beautiful. Everyone loves free promotion. So, so you can check out our website, www.ishbk.com. We have many pages on YouTube, One West IHBK. You can go to the website and check out, find IHBK, find the school in your city. Uh, my name is Abun, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Abun UPK, Abun UPK, find me there. We have Twitter, you you, you know me on Twitter, uh, IHBK Canada. Uh, we have other Twitter pages as well, so check those out. And it was, it was great to be on the show, Kelly, one of, one of hopefully many. I absolutely love it. Aban, you have a great rest of your evening, and we will schedule it, and I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.